Simon & Schuster Audio presents O, a Presidential Novel by Anonymous Read by Campbell Scott November 6, 2012 It was nearly eleven o'clock at night, and the President of the United States seemed to be enjoying himself. Friends and aides clustered in desultory conversations, keeping an eye on television screens, waiting, waiting, waiting for someone to call New Mexico or Colorado or Washington. The Vice President circulated among them, trying to lighten the mood with his manic cheerfulness, winning a few forced smiles. The First Lady sat quietly and responded politely when someone addressed her, but said nothing that would reveal emotion. Tomorrow, depending on the outcome, witnesses would recall her demeanor as either serene or stoic. Her daughters, excited and playful for most of the evening, were now tired and responding to solicitous adults by shaking and nodding their heads. But O was light-hearted reacting in mock horror when a reliably Republican state was called for his opponent, teasing aides that their incompetence had cost him another victory, imitating the pundit chatter on television, making faces at his daughters when he caught their eye, telling the voluble vice president, who had just repeated to the president's brother-in-law an off-color joke featuring the former governor of Alaska, the Prince of Wales, and an Eskimo guide on a moose hunt, "'Speak up. I don't think the press heard you downstairs.' When he caught Cal observing him from across the room, O winked at him and shrugged his shoulders as if to say, Worrying won't make a difference now, we might as well have fun. When O turned his attention to another guest, Cal recalled the day six years ago when they had first met. Cal didn't put much faith in first impressions. That's what good candidates did best. They gave you a glimpse of intelligence, empathy, and even temperament. They tried to avoid making second and third impressions. When they did, they usually lost. But no one had ever made as favorable a first impression as O. He had none of the tics of affectation, no self-satisfied smile, extravagant repetition, prolonged eye contact. His qualities were immediately apparent and finely balanced. Shrewdness and sincerity, elegance and informality, watchfulness and daring. His glamour seemed effortless, his intelligence reassuringly mature. They tell me you're a smart guy, but not much of a risk-taker, he said, as Cal settled into the seat O had motioned for him to take. O, in shirt-sleeves rolled to his elbows, sat on the couch opposite him and stretched out his legs on the coffee table. I suppose that depends, Senator. On what? On what I'm risking. O gave him a friendly grin to indicate he had expected the answer. There you go, he said. That's not the first question a risk-taker asks. What question is that? What could I do with the reward? Cal had agreed to the meeting reluctantly. When Avi Samuelson had tried to recruit him a month earlier, Cal had put him off. He had already decided to join the front-runner's campaign and had met with her several times. They had discussed the job he wanted, deputy campaign manager. 
No formal offer had been made at the last meeting. But a week later, a chair had arrived at his office, an inexpensive oak-veneered Windsor reproduction with a note signed by the candidate. There's a seat for you at our table. Samuelson persuaded Cal not to sign on with her until he had met. He wants to talk to you because I told him he should, Samuelson had explained. So, hotshot, if you keep playing hard to get, don't worry about disappointing him. I doubt he gives a rat's ass. But you should. So, on a cold February afternoon in 2006, Cal had gone to see the handsome, eloquent young senator everyone hailed as the party's newest rock star, but who, in Cal's opinion, was a little too new, too young, too liberal, and too black to be elected president.